Hey guys, welcome back to Esthetician on the Edge, the podcast. In this week's episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, anti-aging products. Uh, I also want to talk about buying products at TJ Maxx or Marshalls. And then we are going to go shopping on Amazon to see if we can purchase ourselves a microneedling pin. It's going to be fun today. Right, but first, in our first segment... I got a DM from someone asking me what I thought about this sudden trend of not wanting to call anti-aging products, well, anti-aging products, (laughs) that the name somehow, some way makes aging seem like something that is awful. And since most anti-aging products are geared mainly toward women, in turn making women, yet again, feel like they are not good enough. I was like, whoa. <laughs> First of all, who knew? I, not me. I, I was not aware of any of this going on. And when I don't know about a subject, what do you do? You research it. So I hopped on to the computer. And in my research on this topic, I found out that it's actually been around for quite some time. The further spec I could find a mention of it, well, that I found that people were quote unquote canceling brands as far back as like 2014 for using what they termed inflammatory wording in their marketing campaigns. And those are their words, not mine. I think that the movement really picked up steam though in 2017. That's when I saw the most, um, the most pieces that were written about this subject. And it just so happened that Allure magazine vowed to strike the word anti-aging from their lexicon. And I'm quoting from an article about it. They say, this issue is the long-awaited, utterly necessary celebration of growing into your own skin, wrinkles, and all. Hmm. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I say to this beauty magazine that typically features absolutely stunning, smooth-skinned women of a certain age on their cover. Go ahead, make your stand. (laughs) It's kind of a strange one, but okay. Although I did say, I will will give them this, I did recently see that they featured Billy Porter, and I love him, but I have to doubt the sincerity of this sentiment from a beauty publication. I mean, until they start practicing what they preach, until they start putting women like Rhonda from accounting, who decided years ago to embrace her wrinkles, and she hasn't used a moisturizer since Obama left office. You put her on your magazine cover and stop selling beauty products, then I think that you have indeed embraced, what was it you said? Celebrate growing into your own skin, wrinkles, and all. Until then, I don't really think you're celebrating it. Sorry. But Michelle Lee went on, she's the editor, and she went on to say in the issue of Allure, whether we know it or not, we are subtly reinforcing the message that aging is a condition that we need to battle. Changing the way we think about aging starts with changing the way we talk about aging. Now, I can agree with that sentiment. I really can. I just, I don't understand the whole damn point of saying the term anti-aging is bad, banning it, but you are still promoting, you're still featuring, you're still selling products that will help you look 
younger. That is just splitting hairs in this nobody's opinion. You're you're still on the anti-aging train. You're just calling it something else. And I'm not an idiot, though some of my content might make you think I am. I see what people are saying and why they are saying it. I get it. Most beauty ads, they are geared toward women because, hello, women worry more about their appearance than your typical dude. And yes, women are made to feel like getting older and therefore looking older is a bad thing. And men, on the other hand, they're made to feel like that gray hair, all those craggy lines on their face, it makes them look more distinguished. Is that fair? No, it's not fair at all. Is calling your products age-inclusive instead of anti-aging going to change the status quo? Not a fucking bit. It's not. It's just going to confuse people. I mean, I don't know. I know women and some men, I, I will include some men in this, do not want to look like they're 45 or they're 50 or they're 60 or they're 65. They don't want to look their age. And there is nothing wrong with wanting to look the best that you can at any age and buying an anti-aging cream to help you stay hydrated and not ashy. The term anti-aging, for for me at least, it's kind of a catch-all phrase. When I hear anti-aging, I just automatically assume so what's ever in the product is geared toward reducing the appearance of things like fine lines and wrinkles and sunspots, anything that is associated with getting older. It also makes it easy to categorize products for both the consumer and the manufacturer. There's, oh God, if you've been to any kind of store lately and looked at skincare, there are so many options so many options and it's confusing. I couldn't imagine sending my client to hunt for age inclusive products and this poor soul has to wade through gel cleansers, foamy cleansers, acne patches, mattifying creams just to find a damn moisturizer for her dry, wrinkled, sunspotted skin. Uh, clients are they're already so confused as to what to get. Why would you make this harder on them? By taking away something they're pretty damn familiar with. I, I don't know. It, it all just seems kind of crazy to me. I can get behind the message that aging, it is not an awful thing. If you take out the back aches, the knee pains, <laughs> the fact that you can pull a muscle just by adjusting your bra strap. And that now instead of just fighting acne, you gotta fight wrinkles and acne. Yeah, if you take that out, aging's not bad. Aging has made me a much more interesting person than I was at 20 or 21. I feel more, I don't know, more fleshed out. I feel like I have a story now uh, and I didn't have that. So yes, aging can be wonderful. But most of the people that I've seen that, that are promoting this sentiment, like that we should take anti-aging out of our vernacular, they are people in the beauty industry and they are pumped full of Botox and filler. And they still print, they still post, they still make the products that are literally geared toward reducing wrinkles. That's a sign of aging. Getting rid of sunspots. Another sign of aging. Getting tighter skin. Yet another sign of aging. Getting rid of crepey skin. Ding, ding, ding. You've got it. A sign of aging. It doesn't matter if you disguise it in a prettier package by calling it age inclusive. You are still selling the concept that we should fight the signs of aging. If you buy and sell products to help with wrinkles, 
You are pushing the anti-aging philosophy that you are telling people we should be proud to age. Like aging is natural. Like that makes no sense. None at all. You're still doing what you're telling people they shouldn't be doing. You're just dressing it up and putting a different name to it. If you are an esthetician, the industry, our industry, it is built on helping people look like they have healthier, hence younger skin than what they actually have at the age that they find themselves. I don't don't know. I just think, I don't know. Hmm. I understand the sentiment. We should not be ashamed of aging, but I, I guess I just don't understand where they're going with it. All they're doing is calling it something else, but they're still selling and gearing things toward women who want to look younger than their age. So I don't know. I I think it's, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of, um, I don't know. I just think it's something they're doing for attention. When they stop trying to sell me a wrinkle cream on page 67, then maybe I will, um, trust that they really do believe that they should embrace their aging and their wrinkles. And that's about all I got to say about that. All right, in the next segment, let's discuss memes. I love memes. Or rather, one type of meme that I post, at least, that never fails to get a very, very, very specific reaction from followers. The good old shopping skincare at TJ Maxx or Marshalls meme. And I did one a couple weeks back, I think. It'll probably be a couple weeks by the time I record this. And I can 100, no doubt, 100% guarantee that there is underneath that meme right now someone in the comments saying that they get some good stuff from TJ Maxx for half the price. And there's another one under there that probably uh, is echoing this. And it says, not all of us can afford to pay those expensive spa prices. Good Lord. I know. We know. We all know. Because everyone lets us know each and every time I post one of these memes. It's a meme. It's not serious. It is just me letting go of some frustration and hoping that my fellow Estes will join in. I am not bad-mouthing the products that they sell there. I'm not. I've seen professional and name brand things sitting in their stores, and I'm sure that it is legitimate product. The packaging, it's correct. The price that's on there originally is what you would typically see in a spa. And then of course it is marked down to TJ Maxx or Marshalls or whatever prices. I'm not that esthetician who's going to try to scare you and tell you that it's counterfeit product. It's probably not. It's probably real product. The parent company of all of those stores, I think it's Ross, yeah, I think it's Ross, TJ Maxx, uh, help me out here, help me out, Marshalls, Marshalls. I think they're like one big thing. And the parent company of these stores, they simply buy overstocked items and they buy it at probably half the cost. And this is the reason that you can buy shit for cheap there. So you might be saying, If you are a consumer listening, okay, well, if it's the real shit, then why do you have a problem with it? What's wrong, SC on the edge? Am I cutting into your profits? And let me tell you, from a professional standpoint, I have no idea what you're putting on your face. 
And you you can argue the same could be said for brands at Target or CVS, you know, the things that you see like La Roche-Posier and the Honest brand. But I know that those that are in the store now that are on the shelves that Target or even Walmart have bought from manufacturers, that those are the most current formulations. They're the most current products. Their expiration dates are typically two years or more because I know that those stores are going to keep mainly fresh products on their shelves. They are going to cycle through products at a regular pace because they are a big box store and lots of people go through there. So they are moving through their inventory very quickly. Most beauty products that are bought by stores like TJ Maxx, the reason that they can buy it as cheaply as they do is because it is usually discontinued items or holiday collections. It's things that have been reformulated recently or even have gone through branding or repackaging. Or it could just be, as far as makeup, it's just unpopular colors or something that didn't formulate exactly right. Um, it could also be, and this is disgusting, but it can happen. It can be returned items. It can be damaged items. And when I say damaged, I don't necessarily mean that the the bottle itself is damaged. It could be like the box that it comes in has been damaged. And it could also be that the product is just right there in that sweet spot on the verge of expiration and whomever they bought it from needs to replenish. It, it could be any of those things. And yeah, I, I know that the use by date is what we go by. I know that that open by or, you know, the open symbol on it, and it usually says 12 months, 18 months, whatever. But if that product, and I'm telling you this from experience because I worked for someone who didn't have enough sense to know that she shouldn't sit skincare in direct sunlight for however many hours of sunlight it got in that corner. And we had tons of great unopened product that still had a shelf life of three years that had all turned rancid from exposure to heat and to light. So that product that you're getting it could have sat under the hot lights of Sephora on a shelf, Ulta on a shelf, CVS, uh, for two years or more. It could have sat in a warehouse and baked for even longer. Odds are you are buying something that is on the brink of being unstable, if not already unstable, or it is to the point where the, the actives in it have become inert and are no longer performing their function. Is it going to hurt you? No, of course it's not going to hurt you, but it's sure as hell not going to do anything for you. Also, and I, I can tell you, I know that they take in damaged goods because the number of times I've perused, I've, I've, of course I go over there. Hello, I'm a human. I love a deal. But I've been into the aisles of TJ Maxx and walked through the beauty section and I see bottles of moisturizers or serums or eye creams hanging out naked on the shelves. And, and when I say naked, I mean they are supposed to be in a box. I, like I've lost count of the number of bottles I've seen that way. And the box, if you all are familiar with your retail, especially professional retail, all of your information is contained on the box, like your expiration date, the use by dates, the ingredient list is usually on there, the directions for use is usually on the is usually on a box, you know, the kind of shit that you need to know to use the product correctly. Some bottles, and I think it's kind of a safety precaution, but some bottles do come with a lot number on them, but again, as someone who has worked for people who didn't know what the hell they were doing, I went through a huge, 
huge brand purge at the job that I quit before I went out on my own because they had so much inventory. And I knew from looking at it that the packaging, some of that packaging was like three years old, but the products hadn't been used. So what I did is I looked at the lot numbers. Some of them were on the bottles. And I'll tell you, I called the manufacturer myself for 15 lot numbers and they found two two out of the 15 and the rest of them rest of them she said that they were so old that they were no longer in their uh, database so she would have to go to a warehouse wherever the fuck that was and she would get back with me and she never called me back so I didn't get information on 13 lot numbers which ended up going in the trash because we didn't know if they were good or not so it's a hassle to try to look up lot numbers and then they might not even find them but With all of that aside, the biggest problem that I have with people shopping skincare at the value places, the TJs and Marshalls and stuff, is the same problem that I have them shopping at anywhere except at a professional. They, and I'm saying clients, they don't have a clue what they should get. They don't. They see a popular typically fairly expensive OTC brand and they will snatch that bitch up quick and in a hurry and never mind if it's something they shouldn't even be using on their skin it's a trendy brand that they've always wanted to try but it's been out of their price range now here it sits at Marshall's for like 70% off what happens next is they get it they use it a couple days then they come to see me and I get to hear them bitch Because their skin is acting up or it's getting worse instead of better. And somehow, some way, it's not the fault of that 70% off product. It's my fault. My facials aren't working. Something I sold them isn't working. It couldn't possibly be your damn purifying cleanser that you picked up. Even though you have extremely dry, sensitive, mature skin. That is my biggest problem with buying stuff from TJ's. I mean, if you're an esthetician and you walk in there and you see shit you want, okay, get it. Whatever, you're a professional. You should know at this point what's good for your skin. You should know how to check expirations. You should be on top of what current packaging is for brands. I mean, if you're an esthetician and you put a three-year-old moisturizer on your skin, you should know that that rancid smell, it's not normal. It's not just natural. It is not the smell of nature. (laughs) It's bad. Throw it away. Consumers seem to always think that estheticians will poo-poo discount products because they're not buying them from us. And I know, I, I do know that that is probably the case for some estheticians. But the ones of us that have been in it for a while, we know in our heart of hearts that your discount beauty is going to eventually blow back on us because it's probably something you don't need. That's it. <laughs> And then it's not going to work on your skin or it's going to make your skin worse. And we're going to be the ones to pay for it. Yeah, that's why we hate it. And I I did see, like I said, the comments are always very interesting. But I saw someone comment that they couldn't afford to buy $300 worth of skincare. And that's why they scoped out deals at Marshall's. Hmm. Okay, well, don't. Don't buy $300 worth of skincare. I've never been able to wrap my mind around that concept. You just don't buy it. It, it. It's that simple. Buy one product. Just one. You ain't got to buy a whole damn set of stuff every time you go in. Buy one. That's a start. You, to be, if I'm being perfectly honest, you should never, ever, ever, ever hear me if you are a consumer. You should never 
buy an entire line of anything ever anyway. I mean, your skin, it will probably lose its damn mind if it is the least bit sensitive or the least bit problematic. What are you, why would you introduce five or six new products to your face? Why? Like I've told you guys numerous times, when you come to me as a client, you get two products. That's it. You ain't getting no more. Two. And don't ask because it's not happening. You get the two. When you come back, we'll talk again. And I'm, I, I, I say it all the time, but I'm about good skin. I'm not about selling you fucking products. The main problem with selling you lots of products is I, I can't narrow down a problem if something starts happening with your skin if you're using six different things. But if you're using two, I can probably narrow it down pretty quickly depending on what the problem is. The way I look at it is if I'm doing my job like I should be doing it and creating a relationship with my client, I'm going to be seeing you next month anyway. And then we can talk about adding in another step to your routine if you're interested. And if, if you're, like I said, if you're a client listening to this, talk to your esthetician. We actually understand budgetary restraints. We do. We have them ourselves. We buy product every month and we understand the struggle of staying on a budget. Simply say to your esthetician, be honest. Don't act like you can afford a bunch of shit you can't afford. Just say, look, I can let go of $50, $75. What do you have for me? What will make the most impact on my skin? A good esthetician will work with you. They'll guide you. Maybe they'll even tell you, you know what, hold on to that 50 or that 75 and let's see what you can afford to add to it next month and get something that you really need. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. There are some shitty estheticians out there who are just about making those numbers. You know that. I know that. And this might be when as a client, if your esthetician can't work with you or does not want to work with you, that you figure out that you and your esthetician, you have different goals. And it's time for both of you to move on to someone else. Now, there is an esthetician out there for you and your budget. I promise there is. But even with all my preaching, you are still going to buy your TJ Maxx products. I know you will. But do your due diligence. Look for expiration dates. Google. Oh my God, Google stuff. Like that way you can see current packaging. Check to see if that packaging has been tampered with. Search products on the website. And most importantly, do you need it? Or do you just want it because it's pretty? And so-and-so on some reality show uses it and she looks really good. Do you need it? Does your skin need it? Is it correct for your skin type? If it's not, just leave the shit where you found it. Like, not everything is a bargain. It's not. Not if you never use it or not if it fucks your skin up. That's all I'm saying. All right, in the next segment, I, I kind of need to ask y'all's opinion on something. Because I know that you'll be honest with me. Now, I was scrolling through my, my real Instagram, like my esthetician Instagram feed. And I follow a bunch of like the beauty hashtags that we probably all follow. And I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And I just, for some reason, stopped on this picture of this really lovely young lady who obviously, it was very obvious that she had just had a facial service. And I believe part of the caption said something like, that glow, though. And I... I look back up at the picture, and the client looks like a damn glazed donut. Look, seriously, a sweetly glazed Krispy Kreme donut. So, um, I'm confused, and I scroll back, and I looked back down, and I reread the caption, and this time, all of it. And this picture was basically the end result of a hydrofacial 
for this client. Now, I, I thought by reading the caption, I would see that this was, in fact, maybe a picture of a mask or maybe an oil that this person had put on for dermaplaning or something. I mean, it would have been a slippery-ass dermaplane, but still, there was no way this shellacked-ass human being was getting up off this table and walking out looking like that. But y'all, <laughs> she was... This glazed donut was going to walk out the door. Wait, what? <laughs> Why? Why would you want somebody to look like that and walk out your door? Now, this might be coming. I, I might be a little prejudiced here because I have battled oily skin my entire life. So this might be coming from my years of constantly blotting my overly oily face so that I could prevent myself from looking just like this human being that just paid $200 to look like a glazed donut. But what, tell me, I need to know, because sometimes I'm out of it. What are we, as an industry, what are we considering a glow? Well, because this lady legitimately looked like she'd been dipped in butter. I can guarantee when this person leaves, because as a new esthetician, I've done this. I've sent people out looking like they've been dipped in butter because I didn't know any better. Um, but I guarantee in two hours, she is going to start the, the pe you know, the, the peeling. Like, you know, sweaters get little balls on it. Her face is going to start doing that. And she's going to start melting. And all of that moisturizer or sunscreen or whatever has made her look like that. It is going to be on her chest, on her clothes. Uh, in her hair, and it sure as fuck not going to be on her face. Now, out of curiosity, because like I said, this was under a hashtag that I follow, I looked through a couple of them, and I saw the hashtag, that glow, though. So I looked it up. So it's popular-ish, y'all. <laughs> oh, some of them, like, no, okay. A lot of them, Oh my God, I just wanted to tell them about the wonderful thing that Neutrogena sells. You know, the, that little box with them little blue papers in it that they could blot with. Oh my goodness, no. <laughs> no, this is not a glow. This is not a glow. Why is your nose glistening? Why? I mean, I know it was Christmas, but your nose should not be glistening. And your chin? Why is that desirable? The... And it wasn't just skincare. Some of it was makeup. Now, I I will fully admit I'm not big on makeup. One, I can't do it. You know, if you can't do something, you just automatically don't like it. So, yeah, I know it, it's a personal problem. But from a, from a non-professional makeup artist standpoint, it was scary. The bronzer in some of these pictures, a nuclear reactor glows less than some of these people did. Like, that ain't cute. It looks like they went all in on some greasy chicken wings or something. Like, no, not cool. Then I thought, let's look at another one. Um, I looked at that glow, the hashtag that glow. And it had, it was like 300 and, hold on, let me look. It, it, okay, so it has like 325,000 posts. And still so much glistening. It's like they've been dipped in oil. I don't know. Is that what everyone thinks that a glow is? Is that what y'all think a glow is? I I don't get it. I don't get it. My clients, they leave with a nice clean face and just the right amount of healthy shine to it. I, I don't want someone leaving my room looking like I forgot to take a gel mask off of them. But okay, so I'm getting off topic. Well, kind of. But that, let me, let me say, that brings me back to my point. What is a glow, y'all? What is it? <laughs> what is a glow to you all? I want to see. 
And the only reason I'm bringing this up because I want to see what a glow is because I want to see if I'm in the minority here. Maybe it's just me thinking people look greasy. Maybe y'all think they look healthy. But if I saw them walking down the street, I would offer them a blotting paper. I'm just going to say. But send me, please, I'm begging you, send me your institution on the edge. This is what we think a glow is. Instagram pics because I want to see what you think a glow is and if you find some that are absolutely ridiculously shiny happy people please send those too because I love a good laugh <laughs> okay moving on to our last segment um I hope this one isn't too long for y'all I'm gonna try to make it 30 minutes still but we're gonna talk about microneedling at home and no I'm not talking about one of us us, I mean professionals, taking our pin home and killing our faces. I'm talking about your average Pam microneedling at home because she bought a unit on Amazon. Yeah, that's awful. I got this topic request a month or so ago, and I think the exact wording, it wasn't even a question. It was simply microneedling devices on Amazon. So I'm going to take it that that person wants my opinion on that and my opinion It pisses me off, if I'm being quite honest. I think what makes me so mad is not so much that they're doing it. It's that they're even available for someone to do it. Because as a fully licensed esthetician and aesthetics educator, with years of training under my belt, as well as training others to do the service, microneedling is still deemed so dangerous and so far out of my scope that I can't perform the service unless I'm in a doctor's office or under a doctor's license. Now, it doesn't matter that that doctor never actually sees me do the treatment, has never supervised me at all, and probably 99.99999% of the time isn't even in the fucking building. I can't do it. But anyone anyone can hop onto Amazon and buy a true electric microneedling pen from, oh, I don't know, $57 to upwards of, I think, $300 was the most expensive that I saw. So I thought, that's what we are going to do. I am going to hop on Amazon while I am on this podcast, and I've got it all pulled up and I am ready to go. But I wanted to get on Amazon and peruse the selection that was available to me so that we can all be horrified together. Now, to save time, I have already typed in, pulled up Amazon, and I typed in microneedling pen. And I can tell you without even scrolling that a plethora of options have already popped up for me. Now, one of the main ones I see, and it I think it says suggested or Amazon pick or something like that. One of the main ones is good old Dr. Pen. And Dr. Pen has been out for a really long while now. And I can tell you it weighs, or at least it used to weigh, what felt like five pounds. And it was very hard to turn the dial to change the depth. And I know this, not because I have one. I haven't bought one, I promise. But because one of my clients used to use one and she brought it in because she wanted me to see what she had been using at home. Yeah, this thing was so heavy. You would have to be so careful with one of these pins, just keeping the weight balanced enough that you aren't digging into someone's face as well as needling. I, 
as someone who knows how to do it, I cannot imagine trying to do it in my bathroom mirror sprawled over the sink to get closer to see what you're doing using a 5% lidocaine cream. That shit would hurt. But, okay, I don't want to talk about Dr. Penn. So let me scroll. Be patient. We're doing this in the moment, lovelies. All right, so let's look at this one. It's got some... Okay, so we're going to start kind of in the middle. Uh, Derma Pen Professional Microneedling Pen comes with five cartridges, and it's from Koi Beauty. And this bad boy will set you back $126.99. And it is a simple one-button operation. And let's see, even beginners can master it quickly. Well, isn't that lovely? What else we got? It adjusts to different depths. I don't see what the depths are. Hold, please. All right, so it comes with cartridges. It comes with two-pack professional post-repair gel mask. And this is supposed to help reduce redness and stinging. See that right there? That right there proves my point. If you have been trained, you know that the whole process of microneedling is about the inflammation. It's good. It is what kicks your body into going, what the fuck is going on up there? Let's regroup and repair. We need to rebuild this bitch's face. What is the whole point if you stop those signals from happening with a soothing mask? Oh, see? See, this is what I'm talking about. And it says, Koi Beauty Dermapens are used by most major professional institutions. And I can guarantee you they are not, dear listener. All right, let's see. This one even comes with a handy dandy recommendation guide for needle depth. Oh, okay. Well, now, this looks pretty standard. They've gotten this from an actual microneedling company. Okay. Yep, this is exactly what we were taught. The pen goes from, what? Y'all, no, absolutely not. This pen goes from, mm-mm, no. It, okay, I'm trying to wrap my little old brain around this. They literally can get 2.5 depth from this pen that they can buy on Amazon. They are going to fuck their skin all the way up. Oh my Lord. Don't do this. Please don't do this. All right. It's got like 20 reviews. Most of them are favorable. Oh, I'm still trying to get over 2.5. Could you imagine? I'm just going to go under my eyes and crank it and rupture everything in there. Okay. All right. I can't with this. Let's move on. Let's look at, let's look at at least one more because there's way too many options. We could go on. Oh, I like the name of this one and I'm sure other people do. Angel Kiss A9 Microneedling Pen. It's $135 and it's going to awaken your radiance. You can use it on your face, your forehead, your neck, your head. Okay. Your nose, your scalp. You can use it anywhere is what they're saying. All right. Get the glow. The Dermapen to wait no <laughs> apparently reading is hard for me too uh, the dermapen tools to promote beautiful healthy skin improve tone and texture well, i mean if it's done correctly simple operation no skills required <laughs> and it says you can use it in your home your office your spa easy and convenient and it's affordable yeah, okay it comes with charger all that stuff and ugh. And it says, experts recommend that you use Dr. Pen A9, or no wait, Dermapen, 
Dermapen A9 with topical numbing cream and a vitamin C serum together. <laughs> so they just recommended, y'all, okay. They just recommended that you mix a numbing cream and a vitamin C serum together and microneedle that into your skin. <laughs> Whew. Yeah, okay. All right. Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> if you're listening, if you can hear my voice, please, please do not microneedle numbing cream into your skin. Please. Thank you. All right. Oh, Lord. All right. It has 115 reviews and most of them are 4.5 stars and above. And one user stated she paid a whopping $300 at the spa for a treatment. And now she can do it herself. Five stars. Oh, God. Save us. Oh, all right. And girl, I mean, it honestly, I, I can't. It, it goes on and on. There's, there's pages. Nope, this is not good. Nope, don't like this. Now, experts will generally say that derma rollers are safe. And the reason that they say that, even dermatologists will tell you that a derma roller is fine to use, is because the needles are only going to 0.25 millimeters. So it's not going to hurt in any way. It's barely breaking the epidermis. And experts, everyone in the field agrees. Like, this is... This is not just esthetician on the edge saying this. This is pretty much every resource that I have says that it does not really provide any, any at all, none, zero anti-aging benefits at the depth of 0.25. It will only help improve your product penetration. The needles are at such a shallow depth that they even say that it's okay for someone to do derma rolling, derma rolling, not electric microneedling, derma rolling a few nights a week to help increase product penetration. Now, as an esthetician, I am sure a lot of you are shaking your head and yelling at the car or yelling at your radio or your phone or however you're listening to me, that no one should be doing anything at home that it's horrid. And I don't disagree with you. Because I know how dirty people are, even if it's unintentional. But I also think that we have to be smart in the battles that we choose to engage in with our clients. And the rollers, they're so readily available. You can get them bitches at TJ Maxx too. And used by so many celebrities and just everyday people that we are not going to... It's over. The battle is over. We are never going to win the roller battle. But... The microneedling pen battle, I will fight that bitch forever regardless. It is absolutely ludicrous that if she wanted to, that my mom, my mother, lover, but she knows shit about skin and she knows shit about microneedling. But if she wanted to, she could hop her happy little ass onto Amazon and buy a pen for home use that goes to a 2.5 depth. That's terrifying. Clients, they don't know when to quit. They have no idea when they hit an acceptable endpoint in a treatment. Something that we had to learn. They have no clue. They have this misconception that a proper needling is basically an old-fashioned bloodletting. Because that's what they see, right? It is. It's what they see everywhere on Instagram. I, I'm, the, the only thing I can think that is saving us, is saving the world... 
is the fact that they can't really get good numbing cream. Because I think the only thing that they can get is like a lidocaine. I saw like a 5%, maybe a 10% lidocaine. And that's not going to do enough for them to get to 2.5 very comfortably. Um, maybe that will hold them back from hammering their faces and turning them into hamburger meat. I don't know. Ugh, it's awful. The only avenue open to us if this is the way your clients want to go is to educate them and to scare them. Yeah, and I mean it, scare them because they should be scared. We're not making this shit up. It really could hurt them. There is a potential for damage that, oh my God, so much damage. Scarring. They, they can so scar. I, Lord, let's hope they're not prone to keloids. Um, hyperpigmentation, tearing the skin, infections. Oh my God, infections. So many infections. They should be, they should be fucking terrified. And if you're a consumer and you're listening, we are not blowing smoke up your ass just to get your money. Don't buy one and don't use it on yourself. You're going to end up hurting your face. If you really want microneedling and it is out of your price range, it's just too expensive for you right now. Save your money. Save it up and go get treatments. Like, I think you can get a package for like 800 bucks. At least you can't where I am. Uh, save your money. I don't know. Just get a Groupon deal. They're everywhere. You can get a Groupon deal where you can get like microneedling for 100 bucks. So get a Groupon deal. At least you know you're going to be in a licensed establishment. Don't take matters into your own hands. Or you might find yourself at the mercy of a plastic surgeon that's trying to get rid of scars. So yeah, if um, the person who sent this question in or the statement in, if you're asking how I feel about microneedling, that gets a, yeah, it gets a big thumbs down from me. All right, that is all the time that we have for today. I do want to say before I sign off, I loved, loved, and laughed. <laughs> laughed so much. Y'all have y'all were in my DMs killing me. I loved it. But I loved all the feedback from the last episode. Yeah, I know. It was a gross one. And I said the word shit like 5,000 times. Um, but we need to stop the madness. Stop cleaning people's asses. That's not our job. But thank you for all the feedback on that episode. And thank you guys for listening. And as always, wishing you a Pam-free week. See you next time.